Hey, welcome to Dot Grid, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital. My name is Will Fengi, and I am joined by my host on the West Coast, Mr. Andy Welfley. Andy, how's the weather on the West Coast? Um, it's pretty good. It's uh, basically just the same that it always is. San Francisco. It's always what, like seventy-two and mostly sunny, partly cloudy. Are those? Ish, is there yeah. a difference between the two of degrees. those? We went to uh, the beach yesterday on the west on on the coast of the Pacific, and it got cloudy, but the temperature didn't really change. Wow, that's yeah impressive. Then because you would think, well, I guess I don't. I'm not a meteorologist, Andy Welfley. Although I've been I, accused um, of being one in the past. Yeah, it's it's true. I, I am also not a meteorologist. I just yeah. I have I I don't understand this weather. It's there's seasons where I come yeah, from. Yeah, there are seasons here. It's been really weird. Um the past week or so it's been pretty much consistently rainy. You'll remember we talked when you and I talked a couple weeks ago, it was like ninety five with a heat index of a hundred in hell. Um yeah. but this week it's been i don't think it's topped 85 this week and it's been overcast and cloudy which means it's a great reason to leave and go to the beach which is what my wife and mother-in-law and three small furry companions are doing tomorrow morning which is why all of you are receiving this episode of Grid so early because by the time this gets to your ear holes uh hopefully i will be ankle deep in sand with at least one if not two alcoholic beverages within arm's reach are you thinking uh like you know, pink icy drinks with umbrellas. Uh, it's funny you should bring that up because actually because alcohol is quote unquote not allowed on the beaches that we're going to, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that we're going to repurpose some pink lemonade bottles uh, nice. and do the old drink them down to the sense. label and then put some clear rum in them. Because I, I don't know if it'll be icy, but it'll <laughs> it'll be pink. And we are bringing yeah. an umbrella. My wife owns a... By God, it will it'll be, be pink. pink. There'll be an umbrella. We have a vintage umbrella from, I think, probably the 1960s or 1970s that's still in good shape. I was actually just outside cleaning some of the mildew off of it, which I know is exactly why every person decides to listen to this podcast so we can talk about how I use diluted bleach water to do things. Um, yeah. I, uh, what, what's, what's your digital system for cleaning vintage umbrellas <laughs> as opposed to your analog as systems? As opposed to my analog systems, both of them. Do you, do you have an app? Uh, I wish, because, of course, today <laughs> is the day that the humidity is hot back up from all the rain from the past couple of weeks so i was outside for approximately 0.4 seconds before i had sweat through both um items of clothing that i had on i won't get into that any further because this is not the after dark edition of the doc Grid <laughs> podcast um what uh what, what should we talk about today <laughs> definitely not me sweating through things what have you been up to uh, i know that you made an interesting field trip to mountain view there recently I did. Um, we went to um, go sell some books to this really cool bookstore they have in downtown Mountain View. And while we were there, we decided something I've been wanting to do for a while, which is to visit the Computer History Museum. It is the largest computer history museum in the world. And it's probably no coincidence that it's in the same town as Google. So, uh, yeah, we went there. That was super cool. If, um, if you're interested in sort of the evolution of computers um, from kind of like the Apicus days all the way till, well, present, um, to wearables. It's, it's so neat. Um, they had computers there from, oh man, like, you know, wartime where there's big, like big rooms full of mainframes and, and supercomputers and like round monitors, which were pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Cool. I, uh, I got you a pencil. Oh, thanks. I was actually going to, I appreciate that. I was going to ask if um, you got to use the active punch card machine, because I know that you were talking about there being one. They only run that once a week, and we were not there during that time. 
but I did get to see um, they. There was only one of. There were only two ever built, and I got to see the second uh, of the uh, Babbage difference engine. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you can do logarithms and calculations, and you turn this big crank, and it all. You know, there's a bunch of bunch of moving parts. Um, that was that was really cool. That sounds like not such a horrible way to spend the day. I um. I can't say that I've done any computer. I haven't done any history things. Dude, it's been it has been a it's been a teacher like June for me around here. Transitioning from June into July, I have been off for 4 weeks and I think I've done enough work to fill about 3 days. So, well, that's that's understandable. It's wonderful is what it is. It's wonderful and yeah. understandable. I did have that job interview last week that you and I talked about and I will allude to here on the podcast, but won't get into any more detail for. So if you want to say nice things about me into the air and send good thoughts my way, they haven't made a decision on anything yet. So I um, we're waiting to see how that works out. But other than that, yeah, it's just been sitting around the house, hanging out with the dogs, um, setting up my new Mac, which is... The awkward trans, the awkward segue, awkward transition that we always look forward to here on the Dot Grid podcast. Yeah, I um exactly a month ago. Well, it was exactly a month ago yesterday. Finally purchased the ever alluded to Mac that we have kind of had a running joke about since we started the podcast here. I finally bit the bullet and spent a whole bunch of money that I probably shouldn't have spent and bought myself a refurbished, which is the way to go from what I understand, a refurbished 11-inch MacBook Air, Andy. I know that you are so proud of me because we've been talking about it for a month, and there have been lots of <laughs> exclamation points and emoji involved. I, yeah, I, I assume you just didn't, you know, sleep for the whole, for 48 hours after getting that thing, because I remember it just seemed like you just purchased it, and it, well, it just arrived in the mail, and then all of a sudden uh, you had to download Bartender in order to get your toolbar in order. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I've got it running. I actually, that's the only, you know, because you get free trials with all these apps, and we should talk about what some of these apps are. You get all these free trials with the apps, and then you don't get to use them anymore. They have limited functionality. The expiration of Bartender is the only one I've added to the calendar, so I actually, so I can think to myself, I need to make sure that I pony up and pay for this, because (laughs) without it, I don't have access to everything and looking at my menu bar right now there's still one two three four five apps that i know six seven apps that i haven't hidden uh that i just haven't gotten around to getting into bartender and moving so uh yeah i thought today maybe you and i could talk about setting up uh either a new mac or a new to you mac or uh oh my god there was a horrible fire and now i have to put a new hard drive in my mac kind of thing because you've been doing um you've been running macs for a while if i remember correctly right i i have i've i've actually only ever run macs my um in the mid 90s well yeah early to mid 90s um we were going to buy a personal computer for our house Uh, i was in the fifth grade and uh, my dad was like trying to figure out what we should get and uh, because we used um macs and well still apple twos at school at that point um he he decided to to go with to go with Apple just because it's something his kids already knew how to use. So we have been a um, pretty staunchly loyal Mac household since we first had computers at home. We've always been um, so we've always been running Macs. And uh, my first computer ever was I think we talked about this in the first episode uh, was a um, Macintosh LC2 that had an 80 megabyte hard drive and uh, four megabytes of RAM, which we upgraded to eight. That wasn't pretty amazing. Obviously, that's necessary. You got to max that out at the beginning. Oh, God. Yeah. Because without it, the Batman games that you're running via the five and a quarter floppy just won't do. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, 
so I've always every every time I've gotten a new computer, I've always just sort of like transitioned all all of my stuff from one to the next. And it wasn't until last year when I got a MacBook Air that I just actually like took some time to weed some weeds some things out. So um, somewhere on a um, on some CD CDRs, I have um, school files from like fifth grade because I've just always you know kept them forward kept them forward part of me is is jealous of that because i wish that i had i I remember writing papers um at least the beginning of high school on a computer that were long and involved and i know that i had some stuff before the cloud was a thing that i i wish that i could have back some stuff that i wrote in undergrad but i am the complete opposite of you um i remember you uh here in the past week or so uh, wishing me luck because i've actually already done a system reset on this computer and completely wiped everything and started from the beginning because i was convinced that i had done something wrong or messed something up or misdeleted something the wrong way so you've carried things on since the fifth grade and i'm so n- unattached to things that i've already completely formatted and restarted this computer at least once well i'm hoping that after having put them on to um cdrs and you know shoving them um, you know, off in a corner somewhere. And now that I have no computers with any sort of an optical drive, that I'll just forget about them and throw them out and it won't matter because I haven't thought about them in years. But that's my that's my life hack to try to get over. We really need to have an episode about digital hoarding. I was going to say, you'll, you'll remember because we're going to have to get into our episode about analog and digital hoarding here before too long. And one of those things is going to come up. Maybe we can have you. Uh, There's probably going to be tears. Maybe we can have you throw them in a shredder on uh, during the recording. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. That. Would, be, that would be spectacular. We can just have <laughs> you uh, just take a hammer to them uh, right as we're standing here. And Katie can stand in the background and do the Mr. Burns hands. Wow, while, while you do it, yes. Well, I mean, some of it is also just laziness because it's so much easier just to, you know, migrate everything over from one computer to the next rather than actually sitting sifting through like all of your stuff and cleaning them out. So it's really just laziness rather than like weird sentimental attachments. No, I, I completely agree. I got a new um iPhone this week, which will be a completely different episode. Um but two things happened to me while I was in the store that kind of that sort of relate to that. One is the gentleman that sold me my phone in the Apple store looked at me with his mouth agape and eyes wide when he when he suggested that I uh, push this button to restore from an iCloud backup. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go ahead and set it up like a new phone. And he was like, wait, but you have a backup. And I was like, yeah, I do. But there's probably a bunch of stuff in there I don't particularly need. So, you know, wh- whatever. And he was, um, I don't understand how that works so do you pay for an iCloud backup um I pay 99 cents a month for my wife to have additional gigabytes I just upgraded um with Apple Music um coming out um I upgraded to the 200 gigabytes which is four dollars a month I I had to ended up paying I had to end up paying for her to have more space because she is not like us she does not have the digital maintenance skills uh or desire to keep things well and with your digital hoarding i don't know how much of this applies to you she does not have have any skills she does not have the digital maintenance skills that i have where i'll go through on a regular basis and delete pictures off my phone or make sure there if there are podcasts i'm not listening to or still have like 45 seconds left so don't count as played uh if they don't count as played they don't auto delete you're like some kind of a like digital Buddhist monk. No, I am like everything is temporary. You can just like spend all this time making like app 
stand mandalas and then just like blowing it away. It's not like that. I will tell you what has caused this habit in me, and this is slowly <laughs> uh, pushing us towards um, the hoarding episode and not the setup episode. But the reason that I have to do that is because I've run with substandard hardware for so long that I either A, have to be prepared mentally and psychologically for a complete hard drive failure. Or B, have to make sure that I don't have a bunch of extra stuff either stored on a too small hard drive or running in a not enough RAM, not a fast enough processor background. That makes sense. So if I'm constantly going through and being like super judicious with the, with the things that I cut and don't run, like I went through before we started the call and force quit everything but the Safari tab we have open, GarageBand and Skype. Um, I probably could have... Force quit? Yeah, because I it was it was all listed there at once. I didn't want to go through and manually open every app and close it. I just force quit it. Whatever. I'm... You know, you know, if you hold Option Tab and you you know you or uh, Command Tab and you get all your things, if while you are hovering over an app you hit Q, it will quit it from the tab. No, I'm learning yeah. things today. We're learning things from each other because I did not know a lot of the gestures that you have been talking about. Yeah, I um, enlightened, 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 enlightened. That's a, that's a word. I enlightened you. Uh, I taught Andy about the holding command shift and cursor to or command shift arrow key to select the whole line and command arrow key to move the cursor back by words because often I will type out an entire sentence and then realize that I put te, which doesn't happen anymore because yeah, it doesn't happen anymore because I have a text which is not text expander but i have something that will auto correct those kind of things for me but if i need to go through and and fix it one word at a time and i'm already 12 words ahead hitting the back thing is really irritating <laughs> to me so hitting your microphone your desk yeah hit, hitting my desk and going backwards um oh i actually have better touch tool set up so if i do something like that it's like oh we have to go backwards no that's not necessarily true that's a that's a super brett terpster thing um yeah we should talk about so, when we get to better touch tool how he has his computer semi set up with a leap motion so it's almost like some uh, i almost called it mission impossible no the other tom cruise movie um is that a Tom Cruise movie? The one with the Magnolia? Nope. The one with the hand swiping and the, they're making a what looks to be a oh, really bad series out of it. Minority Report. Minority Report. Yeah. It's, they're making a TV show out of Minority Report. Oh, yeah. The commercials are or the ads for it are all over Hulu. Yeah, they're making a, oh. a TV show out of it. It does not look they had such good material to work with. It just does not <laughs> look like it's gonna be that great, which either means it's not gonna be that great or it's going to be wonderful. But it's on Fox, so pretty sure you know which side that's probably going to fall on. <laughs> uh, so so here's something just to kind of get us started that i am interested in hearing you talk about is when you started putting together in preparation for your new laptop uh we started talking about apps and uh, things that you wanted to get and i remember you put together a spreadsheet of these apps and how much they cost and would you like to tell tell the internet how much uh how much all of those apps together would have cost. Oh my gosh. If you were to just buy them all at if once. If I were just to buy them all at once. And I actually went through, coincidentally enough, and just, uh, cleaned out that spreadsheet a little bit last night because thanks to some Apple Store promotions and recycling and buyback, I have uh, I have some money to buy things. And I was like, oh, well, I'll go back and take a look at this list and see what I don't have, what I haven't found solutions for. And the list is down to about half of the original but I believe the original price of just the apps that I was like, okay, I have to have these. These are not necessarily like 
games or frilly extra these are like bare bones this is how i'm moving from windows slash linux into mac this is how i'm gonna get by all the things i've heard about uh somewhere north of 750 dollars so i wouldn't i wouldn't go so far as to say bare bones no no you're maybe right. like you're right admantium skeleton yeah okay no <laughs> yeah not bare bones admantium skeleton <laughs> is more like it i could do all of the text things that i do in text edit as opposed to you know envy alt and mark II and ulysses but yeah if i wanted to go through and buy all of the apps uh it was somewhere yeah. north of 750 dollars or enough to buy another macbook air refurbished <laughs> right <laughs> So well, I've I've called that down a little bit. I've uh, you and I talked about it a little bit. We talked. I talked to some of our mutual friends, including uh, the always aforementioned Jake Bilbray and former guest and friend of the show, uh, Doctor Nordo. And we kind of came up with some things that we thought would be essentials. I've also got in on some betas for some things, and typically betas are free, which is nice. I'll take a couple bugs if it means I don't have to pay fifty dollars. Thanks, Solman and Ulysses. Um, but. As I was going down that list, I was also putting in things that were free and essentials and things that I had to have. And the first thing on that list, as it should be with every computer for anybody who uses this program, is Dropbox. Because yeah. Dropbox is the backbone of at least another four, five, maybe six apps that are on the list of ones that we wanted to talk about today. It is something that been- I use all the time. I've been slowly switching things over from, like, for example, my 1Password stuff, I've been switching that over from a Dropbox sync to iCloud sync, mm-hmm. just because it's been getting a little bit more reliable and a little bit more reliable each day. So um, I'm slowly taking off those kind of shared libraries from Dropbox, but there, there I mean, you're right, there's, st- there's still so much that, that connects to that. Well, it was so. it was an essential for me to be on Dropbox with that at the beginning because there were, for instance, with my one password data, if I had one password open on Windows, I don't have access to iCloud Sync. If I am using mm-hmm. Text Expander mm-hmm. Touch on my phone and using Phrase Express on Windows, which is what I had been using, it can use and sync the same data, but not through iCloud. So I can start to also move from Dropbox to iCloud to save some of that Dropbox space if necessary as we're moving on. Um, do you pay for a Dropbox subscription or have you been able to make do on do, the free space? I do not. I um I built up about oh eight megabytes worth of, or gigabytes worth of um free space on Dropbox over the years, just through various means. Um I think I did a thing where if you allow them to like sync your photos, you get an extra few, and then I did those drop quests back in the day mm-hmm. that were just amazing, and I still wish they would do another one. Oh, they're not doing um, those annually anymore? They are not. Dang. Um, I'm assuming they just took so much work because they were not only like the story was amazing. Well, not the story, but like the the process, the, 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 the scavenger yeah, the hunt part of it. Yeah, but then also probably the engineering of setting it up. So if you drop this file into this Dropbox folder, it you know triggers something. I assume that's it's just all a bunch of work, but it's so much fun to do. They had to go and make it um, big. And and actually, right now, um, uh, Facebook uses um, kind of a. Uh, like a company Dropbox, I, I assume we have some enterprise edition. Um, but it it also adds um, when you sign up for the work Dropbox, it adds a certain amount of gigabytes to your personal Dropbox too. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, so I I think I have maybe like sixty on my personal Dropbox Dang. now, but um, sixty gigabytes. But I could actually be wrong about that. Yeah, sixty two point seven. Wait, carry the four. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, sixty-two point seven uh, gigabytes on my personal Dropbox, Dang. which which is more than I've ever had before. Yeah, I'd say because when we first started doing the report, ca- the report casts. Coming to you next on the report casts. Now we have to wear um like old fedoras and have uh, like the ticket things in them that say press to record. Um, I am using fifty nine percent of my twelve point three gigabytes. I remember when we were talking at the beginning of starting this podcast network that you were kind of being a little um you were trying to be more aware of what shared folders you were being a part of because trying to keep uh just keep an eye on how much space you were taking up i don't even know how you would use 60 gigabytes now i mean i assume that you andy wealthly could find a way i um i have a lot of gifts let's just say i have a lot of oh i know i know because i (laughs) i actually um segue not segue uh tangent went off on uh i wake up before my wife does in the morning. So as I was perusing through my new phone and um, uploading new apps and everything else, I pulled up GIF wrapped, which is the GIF management workflow that I use on my iPhone. Uh, And it is synced with the GIFs folder in my Dropbox, which happens to have all of the Andy GIFs and not just the GIFs of you personally, because there are those, but all of the GIFs, (laughs) And dude, I was going through the list. I have to go through and delete some things because to be honest with you, I don't know when I would ever use some of them. And some of them are just frankly weird. So there's there's one of a little boy who is like dancing in front of a uh banana that has a dolphin face. I'm gonna I'm gonna embed that in the show notes. Oh yeah, you yeah. should. Yeah. Um I'm gonna actually have you go look after it because there's like four hundred gifts in there and mm-hmm. I don't know that my computer is smart enough for me to just go, boy, dancing, dolphin, banana face. <laughs> and it not to be like, Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I yeah, it's I sometimes I have no idea how um I should actually you know how i would actually use these sometimes i just you know pull them because i'm like you know someday there's going to come the time when this will become necessary and i'll kick myself if i don't if i don't have it at my disposal that's a that you you have a niche gift storage system just in I case do. just in case something happens you are a digital hoarder andy welfley oh I you keep completely. for everything <laughs> Hundred percent. Um, oh goodness gracious! You put that into the quip document without me noticing, and then I turned to look at my computer, and now I'm frightened. I'm really excited that Quip has auto auto animates gifts that you embed. That's <laughs> that's pretty exciting. Exciting is one thing. Uh, frightening is frightened is what I am. Um, what should we talk about? Do you use any kind of backup for your system besides Dropbox? Do you use Time Machine or Backblaze or anything like that? Um, I use Backblaze, but I stopped using Backblaze. Um, I keep kind of, I just realized that I keep most of my important things either in iCloud or in Dropbox. Um, so I was paying $5 a month for Backblaze. Um, I just actually just moved that $5 a month over to iCloud now. Oh, so that makes sense. Um, to upgrade that storage. But yeah, I just realized like everything in my computer now is recoverable. Like if I lose an app, I still have like a license key or I can get it back from the app store. Um, or if I lose some files, they're all in Dropbox and I can roll back. So short of like some massive Dropbox failure, um, I think I'll be fine. So you think that going back through and setting all that up would take less time than like downloading, say a disc image and reapplying that? 
And it, it probably would take less time to just download a disk image from Backblaze, but it, it probably, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm cheap. $5 a month. I was like, I can just put this toward something else. You're, you're cheap. And but you're a digital hoarder, and the fact that you don't have redundancies upon redundancies of backups. Well, like I said before, I'm also lazy, so yeah, a, it's a lot to take care of that those redundancies. It's a balancing act for you, huh? You got to figure out how to. Oh yeah, it's like a weird Venn diagram of lazy and cheap and hoardingness. I gotta save every gif I see, but if I lose them, meh, nah, no big deal. Dropbox, yeah. that's. That's your fault. That's not on you. Also, also, I have a, I, I probably have an unrealistic uh, confidence in the solid state drives on my computer. I don't have any spinning hard drives anymore. And back before, when I had a, I had a minor uh, disk error, uh, disk failure. It was just like a crappy, like hard disk. Mm-hmm. So, so the solid state drives seem really nice to me. Um, and it's probably giving me a false sense of confidence in that. Oh, there's no like physical vectors or no sectors to corrupt, so it's probably fine. Hopefully, if not, you, it's backed up somewhere. Yeah, maybe. If and like I said, everything everything's in the cloud anyway now. So as long as there's not a major Skynet failure, yeah, everything should be okay. And that's I Hopefully. mean that's coming. So yeah, one day. But I mean we're all we're, it's going to take ninety percent of us with it. So no big deal. Right. Yeah. Life support systems did, and things. Did you ever watch uh did you ever watch Dark Angel on like in the early two thousands? I did not. Oh, so good. It was um it took place in an earth after a massive kinda like in the Matrix, you know, like a massive electromagnetic electromagnetic pulse hit everything. Uh-huh. Um it um it it's it's Earth after sort of like something wiped out every form of electronics at the time. So uh, it started very, very young and brunette Jessica Alba. Oh, I am familiar with this show. Yep. I remember so that show now. Um, I use Crash Plan, and the reason I use Crash Plan is because I stumbled upon some giveaway some blog was doing to anyone that signed up between this date and this date got a free year. Nice. So I'm currently uh I'm currently backed up to the Crash Plan. I've used it before. Um they mm-hmm. offer X amount of space or X number of computers for free or something ridiculous for offsite backup is they do free offsite backup if you're use if you're like like if I wanted to send you a hard drive and you didn't mm-hmm. mind staying constantly connected and I could just do my backups offsite there they wouldn't mind you putting crash plan on your computer and allowing me to backup to your place so really nice. you don't even pay them that much you don't pay them for bandwidth you just pay them for the actual like server that you're storing on which is kind of cool i like it i've been really happy with it um it sits in the hidden bartender bar and has not seemed to slow everything down just yet it took it maybe a day to download everything at first and it just kind of updates incrementally i'm really happy with it um so we put a link to crash plan there in the in the show notes and backblaze if you decide you want to go that direction you know backblaze is like Four blocks down from my my the place where I live. Everything is close to you. This is the new place that's not the apartment across from Evernote. Right, right. You, it's everything's there. Andy wealthy, Andy, Andy wealthy. And that's me. And sure, that's never happened before. Nope, uh, <laughs> nope not even once. Uh, speaking of things that sync with Dropbox that are essential to put on a brand new computer, um, are you also a one password user? I am. I signed up. Oh man, I can't remember when it was. Maybe a couple years ago, they were having some massive, um, uh, like half off sale going on, and I just decided to take the plunge and I bought it for iOS and for my desktop. Um, just because I was having 
like I was kind of tired of all these like dual authentication things that I was using. And I was my my password my password strategy maybe wasn't the best. So I was like, I'm just gonna try this out because all of my coworkers at the time were just like praising one password. And and there's LastPass and there's what else is there? Dashlane is something that I've used. Uh KeyPass is a thing. They're all generally kind of the same. I I one password's kind of the I guess like the the gold standard of a lot a lot of these, but that's the one that usually people reference the most. Um so I mean I signed up for it. It's it's great. Um it's really nice just to, you know, hit command backslash and your password just gets filled in. Um it makes it if if you're lazy like me, it makes it easy to still be lazy while being a little bit more secure. Look at you. Digital digital hoarding of passwords and lazy, there's the intersection and you got it on sale, so there's the cheap. Heck yeah. And then um after, you know, custom extensions uh came along in OS ten. Or excuse me, iOS seven? Was it in seven? It was seven, yeah. Yeah. Um it just made it even better because I didn't have to like switch back to the one password app and go through all the process of opening it again dude can we talk about touch id and one password for four seconds oh yeah oh yeah i thought one password was great until i got this new phone now one password just mind blown yeah. yeah it's it's amazing you don't have to type in your master password which mine is pretty long um you can just you know give it your thumbprint it's so good and after you i think after every restart i think you have to redo your master password like retype it in yeah but still I do. Really I, I do. And I don't, I don't mind that because the rest of the time when I can just put one of the fingers that I have scanned into touch ID, it makes it so much easier. It's 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 been pretty wonderful. I uh, have been using the free version on Windows and now on OS 10, uh, but I do own it for my uh, for my phone. So I'm just waiting on another one of those half off something, something sales. Technically I still work in education until the end of August and they do an education discount, but it bumps it from 50 down to 40 and still a little bit of a, of a gut shot. Listen, completely worth it. I'm not one of those. I'm only going to use free apps. I don't understand why people pay for apps kind of thing. I completely understand why people pay for apps. Um, and that's, if there's going to be one that I'm going to pay for one password is there's a reason that it's like the third thing on our list here to talk about because it's, it's important and essential. What's nice is with one password, you can now uh, legitimately feel superior because uh, LastPass was hacked, and one password remains unhacked. Yeah, LastPass hacked right after I had moved from one password yeah. over to LastPass for a little while. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, well, I had planned on going back to one password eventually anyway. Now seems like a really good opportunity and reason to do so. Uh, I use LastPass. I used LastPass for a long time, but the uh, the one thing that I'm not a fan of is that they keep all of your information on their servers, and it's yeah. not through the Dropbox thing, which it's encrypted on Dropbox servers. I think I don't know. There's a lot of digital security stuff that goes on that I don't. Something something 256 bit something something. Bad bad bad. Mm-hmm. Do we need to explain to our listeners what these password services are? Do you think that if if they're listening to this and they've made it this far, they probably already know what it is. If you don't know what it is, feel free to either email or tweet at us, and we'll be more than happy to explain to you the reasoning and logic behind using a password service as opposed to writing them all down on a sticky note or putting them in a text file on your... Or at Barnes & Noble, you can you can buy a password journal. It's true. It just says passwords on the front. <laughs> it's like, this is a really good idea. Oh, my mother-in-law, for a while, kept it in, uh, kept it in notes. 
of mm. hers oh, on yeah. both. So uh, <laughs> it was synced across her devices. So once you got into one, it was super easy to get into the other one. I was it's like a it's like a homebrew uh, one password. I signed her up for LastPass about four seconds after that, just because that was <laughs> the one that was free and it was super easy. And I said, you know, this will save your passwords for you automatically. This is the two button command you need to hit to fill these things in. Or, I mean, even saving them automatically through iCloud Keychain is better than writing them down somewhere. So don't do that, folks. Um, Another tool that I install almost immediately, uh, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this at all, uh, I use Flux on almost all of my devices except for my iPhone. I think it's so weird. You don't like it? Well, a lot of what I... I really hate to have the colors of my stuff distorted. Like if I want to, if I'm in Photoshop and I have something in front of me, I want to see what color it actually is. And okay, so Flux is this app that basically adjusts the what would you say, like the hue of your screen? Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. The hue, uh, the hue of your screen as the time of day changes. So like in the morning, it may be like kind of yellowish, or maybe it's bluish, and as the day progresses, it gets like kind of pinkish and then it gets kind of bluish or yellowish i don't know um just kind of as it goes i i I, there's some people i work with who just swear by it and to me it looks like they just like needed do you remember when you had monitors that needed to be degaussed yeah it it just looks like they need to do that no i i can't survive past sunset without it it seems and not just because i am overly blue light sensitive i do you have seasonal effectiveness disorder i do I have, I have, and I'm super um, affected by blue, by blue light at night, which is why uh, I re- do all of my reading on the Kindle now and, and everything else. I mm. will work on my computer or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing things on my computer or I'll be sitting in the bedroom reading on my Kindle and um, Elizabeth will want me to look at something on her computer and it will damn near blind me. Hmm. I'll be like, oh, it's 1130 and oh my God, oh, my retinas. It burns. I have found it to be a much more pleasant experience than you're making it out to be. First and foremost, I should let you know, <laughs> you can turn the app off for an hour or within uh, on OS 10, you can actually uh, set it so that if you're in certain apps, it turns itself off. So if you wanted That's to be idea. in Photoshop and have it set so that when you're in Photoshop, Flux doesn't do its thing. Um, I don't know if it works for, I don't know, saving battery or anything like that, but I have found it to make a huge difference on my eyeballs when I'm doing things uh, at night on the computer. I highly recommend it. You can use it on a jailbroken iPhone, for those of you that are still adventurous like that. Um, they, they make a version for Android. They make a version for Windows. They make two different versions for Linux. There's a Flux, and then there's a Redshift. I was using either or both of those at any given time. Um, so if you worry about your retinas or you do a lot of your work at night, which I do, or at least I used to when I had a full-time job and then I would come home and do stuff like this, Flux was, um, Flux was a savior for me. Um, another nerdy thing that I do that I'm trying to get you into and I really wish that you would just jump on this bandwagon with me. Um, another free tool that I love and use on a regular basis, so much so that I had to install it before I installed 90% of my other apps when I did the system reset the other day, is a little thing called Better Touch Tool. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I have it set up that on my MacBook Air, if I click in the lower left-hand corner, it pops up Alfred. 
or if I click in the lower right hand corner, it pulls in notification center. Or if I do what they call a tip tap, where if I tap with my middle finger and then my pointer finger, so like I'm rolling from right to left, does that make sense? Like, I think so, like a yeah. click click, not a double click, yeah. but just a click click. It'll open. It's like it's like I'm doing a middle click, and it'll open up a hyperlink in a new tab. Or if I roll my fingers like four, three, two, one, or pinky ring middle whatever it shows the desktop it's just it's little things that as they slowly but surely get ingrained in my head make my make opening apps and moving in between apps and things like that so much easier how um how do you suppose that works for left-handers because you'd be rolling from left to right i wonder if it just knows the rolling yeah you set up because i can also set it up to go like three one four two i can set it up in whatever order i want to <laughs> so to <do> that. <laughs> i just set it up four three two one because it's easier I just feel like I don't have the brain capacity to remember, like, oh, I want to do this random thing. <laughs> I'm going to tap my first finger three times, then my middle finger four times. You're making just, it more complicated I, than it needs to be. I feel be. like it's going to throw fall, just fall out of my head. No, you're making it more complicated than it needs to be, Mr. I keep a hold of everything. There's a couple more things we can put there in your head. Um, just add one or two things at a time. Um, the main reason I started using it is because, and you and I had this conversation a little bit, I am so used to doing control tab to switch between apps because mm -hmm. that was how, when I was, when I more keyboard oriented on a, on a PC, that's how I switched between apps. And I have found that the way that OS 10 does it is not necessarily to my liking. Uh, and better touch tool actually has. What do you mean? Control, control tab or a command command tab. tab. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent. Like if I command tab to a window, like to an app where I've minimized the window in mm -hmm. windows, that thing would pop extends up it. Yeah. in, um, OS 10, all it does is change the menu bar. And I'm like, I don't under, why did mm -hmm. I, I thought I did this thing. So, mm -hmm. um, I can actually do app previews within like better touch tool extends that so that I can get app previews within it. So if I oh, nice. tab over to one, it'll say, you know, it, I can tell whether everything's minimized or already showing up. Um, I really like it for that. Again, that's one of those things that you go in and you set it up and you kind of go, okay, I think I know some things this can do. Brett Terpster has done a lot of stuff with it that is far more complicated than my needs, but it gave me a, um, a jumping off point. So um, there's a link to Better Touch Tool in the show notes, and we'll put a link to uh, one or two of his. I'll just put all of the posts that he has tagged Better Touch Tool in uh in the show notes just the link to the tag part if you're if it's something you're interested in getting into you know people joke like because i have things customized on my computer that they that they can't use it so like only i can use this computer i can't imagine what it must be like for brett terpstra like can people even see the screen who are not brett terpstra on his computers i think it would like be has... even worse if he sat down on like one of our computers yeah he would just yeah, be like paralyzed he... yeah his like oh my god there's no automation on this computer his eye would just be twitching well Speaking of automation and nerdy things like that, things that incorporate with better touch tool, I um I no longer have a caps lock key on my computer. Hmm. I have changed the caps lock key to what he refers to as a hyper key. I don't know why, probably because command and control and option shift were already taken. Um, but there are a couple different tools that I downloaded. One is called Carabiner, one is called Seal or Sail or Sile or it's not Sig Heil. That's 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 good. Um uh, there's links to both of those there in the show notes as well, but I essentially have it set up. So it's another shortcut key. When I push caps lock, it's the same as pushing down control option, command shift function. Cause, uh -huh. So it's like smashing your hand on the keyboard. Essentially. Um, I hit like caps lock 
S and it opens up Safari or caps like W and it opens up Ulysses caps like E opens up my email. It's just another shortcut for me to be able to, at this point, just open apps, but it's Mm -hmm. also easier for me to keep my hand on the keyboard and open up messages or Ulysses or email or Safari or ReadKit just using my left hand. So what do you do if you need to yell at somebody on, um, on the internet then? I hold down the shift key or more appropriately, the, app buddhist in me takes a step back and says to myself is this really something that i want to do what do i accomplish by typing things in all caps here and then i do it anyway we should have an episode about uh holding your tongue online yeah or in writing since it's a digital analog episode yeah a digital analog podcast yeah we can uh, we true. can have one about um unnecessary digital and analog That's communications true. We'll uh, circle back to that. Yeah, we'll come back around. We'll add that to the add that to the topic list in uh, in Trello, which is what I'm doing for to dos now. So if anybody has any Trello tips, send them my way. Plain text. I couldn't find a way I wanted to uh, to deal with it on uh, on OS 10 anymore. I'm, Sublime text got a little complicated for me. Anyway, um, I also have running in my menu bar an app that I've used before, but you are the person who got me super interested in and using much more often on os 10 how do you use sketch oh man um how don't i use sketch no um i mostly i mostly use it for work um and in my last job this was accurate too um i use i do a lot of like you know writing of ui copy and often i will you know circle something or i'll I'll want to take a screenshot of something and basically annotate it so have an arrow pointing to something that maybe isn't working quite right or have an arrow pointing to the, the piece of text that i want to change to give to an engineer um, and Sketch really makes that easy. Um, I I feel like the one on OS 10 works a little bit better than the one on iOS. But essentially, if you have it open, um, you can hit Command Shift Five, which is uh, three and four are the default system screenshot keys. Command Shift Five will allow you to just it gives you a little um, oh what do you call them like a crosshairs you can you can crop your own screenshot and it will automatically open it in Sketch. You can add uh, arrows, underlines, boxes, text, uh, highlights. You can do a free draw, and then you can also blur stuff out in case you needed to annotate something that also contains sensitive information. Um, What's really nice is uh, Sketch is owned by Evernote, and so everything's automatically synced then in in Evernote. Uh, And then you can also export it uh, not only to, you know, its own... Uh, hyperlink that you can paste somewhere or or you can just drag it to your desktop and you know include it in whatever you're doing so uh, i probably use sketch every day in some capacity or some capacity or another um, at work but i've always i've also used it just kind of on my own as well it's really nice it's completely free which is awesome um it works better if you have an evernote account but if you don't that's fine too um there's one that marco arment created called Bugshot. Um, that I think has since been bought. It has. It's been up because it's been updated on iOS. And what's it called now? Uh, I'm pulling that up as we speak. As a matter of it's fact, it's like pin. It is called. Will didn't download this from the App Store yet. Oh, hold. Let me get. My, let me grab my phone. Uh, by the way, yes. Four finger click. That's how I take a skit screenshot. Oh, see, pinpoint. That's what it's pinpoint, called. Pinpoint. Yes. Um, it's similar, but it's. I just use Sketch now because they're all in one place. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm using on iOS um, is just is Sketch because I don't think pin or if it if it allows you to, I haven't found it. I have not found a way for Pinpoint to let me crop 
once I've taken a screenshot. Um, yeah. And there's not always everything that you know. Like if I'm just trying to do uh, like a text shot or whatever, I don't need the you know, men, you know my menu bar or my uh, my status bar and everything else at the top. Yeah, uh, four finger click and it pulls up the crosshairs and then I that sounds drag and send. Kind of obscene. Like, oh, that bastard cut me off, so I'm going to give him the four finger click. Coincidentally speaking, you're the one I four finger click most often. So. How sweet. There you go, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, speaking of Evernote, that's another thing that I put on my computer and have running in the menu bar and is essential to me, not because it's not something that I actively use every day, but it's something that when I need to find, I don't know, an account number that I saved somewhere or like a license number or the screenshots that I've taken that if I shared them with you once or I took something for posterity's sake, I want to go back and look for. Um, that's it's sitting in my menu bar. It's running. I can save things there. I don't, like I said, I don't actively use it every day, but it's one of those things that if I went looking for it and didn't have it, I would notice it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still doing the Evernote basic plan, by the way. I know we talked in an episode a a while back. I am. I am. I I don't have any sort of paid plan for Evernote either. So I'm right there. Again, the only thing I thought I was going to miss is sending emails that way. And anymore, I can just drag and drop on whatever computer I have sitting here it's just much easier to a lot of the email apps or email programs that i'm using on either the laptop or on my phone have those new like we were talking about extensions you can just open it up and send it into evernote that way without having to forward an email Mm -hmm. so it's not that big a deal anymore um what are you using to write on your computer these days for any sort of text you should uh everybody should go go listen to the episode where we talk about markdown editors yeah it's still Um, still the second most popular episode we've ever done and we're gonna need to probably revisit that here before too long uh harry marks is aching we mentioned again yeah he's aching to come back on the podcast so maybe if we want to do a a writing slash markdown revisiting episode we can bring him on to to talk about it but I've got, I think, four things here in the show notes that I have used or, to- or toyed around with. You've had a little bit more time to kind yeah. of survey the landscape. What are you using? Um, so I actually just recently, probably since we recorded that episode, switched from IA Writer, which was which I still do use sometimes, but to Ulysses. Um, Ulysses is oh, it's a it's a Markdown editor, um, but not. It's a little bit more of a departure from kind of the plain text markdown editor like like IA writer into more of something that's its own little system. So um it kind of has its own internal file structure. Um if you're somebody who likes the idea of having like different groups of documents for different projects um but you just can't commit to just like or you I guess you can't strip away um what you're doing enough to just switch to plain text documents, Ulysses is really good. It has sort of its own internal file structure. Um, For example, I have my stuff separated out between like different projects I had at work. I have wood clinched drafts. I have stuff I write for Erasable, stuff I write for Dot Grid. Um, And it is a Markdown editor, but it also like has a few of its own tools within it. You can import and export, like copy and paste very easily from and to. Uh, markdown and rich text and simple text and word format uh, pdfs um, it's it's a little bit like its own internal system like scrivener if ever you've used that which i have not um, you can set like writing goals you can set um, really nice like word count and um, 
oh, what am I trying to say? Like length, length, and grammar check and things like that. Um, but it's also really fast and really lightweight, so it's pretty easy to uh, just like open real quick and take a note because that's what I do a lot of the time. Um, it's no NV Alt, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second, yep. but uh, it's really good looking, and it's it, it just seems it's the right it's kind of the right mixture between like fully featured and simple and just the way that i use markdown it's great for that no i i completely agree i believe uh are you using the the beta as well uh i actually am not yet i'm sure i'll switch to that eventually but i just haven't gotten around to it yeah i'm uh i'm using the ulysses beta i'm loving being able to a get in on the beta and see what kind of stuff they might have coming around uh and also the cheap part of me is happy that the beta part was free um i did as you are aware because you helped me with a little bit of it um a large amount of document creation last week for the job interview that i had um and i started in ulysses and i now never want to use anything else um i purchased a keyboard for the ipad that is in my house that is not my ipad uh, as i have been told um but i have i purchased a keyboard that i plan on using with either the ipad or my iphone and since ulysses is not available for the iphone yet i'm probably going to have to commandeer the ipad on a regular basis just so i can use both um, that mumford isn't it he took he took it away it is it's it's mumford's ipad actually it's listed as nigel's ipad uh it's listed as nigel's ipad this is topher's macbook uh, and our Wi-Fi network is Mumford hacked your Wi-Fi. <laughs> so that w- wily, wily guy. He is. He sits and he watches, and you think, oh, he's just he's he's laid back and he's quiet. No, he's watching. He's observing. He's he knows. He, yeah, he's taking it all in. He knows all these yeah. things. These are. This is the name of Will's dogs. <laughs> yeah, these are the names of my dogs: Mumford and Topher and Nigel. Um, Ulysses is wonderful. It will preview your app in PDF or plain text or epub or html it does some great things graphically with markdown and inline links and images and notes i was writing um a piece that had to be below a particular length for the interview last week so i set that writing goal at the 500 word limit and i could keep track of how many words i had make sure i wasn't going over to make sure it was going to be a sufficient length um it is a little more complex than something like byword is which is another app that i own for the iphone and i'm probably going to end up purchasing for the mac i imagine that it's probably got more features in it than ia writer does but it doesn't beat you over the head with them and it kind of stays out of the way yeah my only issue is it is in that proprietary format um you can you can you can back up the file structure on icloud or you can have different libraries like one in file structures on your computer or one in iCloud, things like that. But it, it is sort of hard to quickly go back and forth between like that and something else. Yeah, I have a I have a plain text folder in my Dropbox for pulling up in a few different apps, things like Byword and Editorial on my on my phone and things like that. But you can't do like inline attachments or the attachments bar on the side or the notes or the goals or anything. Those don't sync with plain text files. So yeah. It's great for things if you want them to be a, a little more complex. For things that are a little more simple, um, 
I'm probably going to end up using something like Byword or the aforementioned NVAlt. Are you a, you an NVAlt user? I'm not, and I should be. Um, I think the trouble is, is NVAlt doesn't, and we'll may, maybe talk about what it is in a second, but NVAlt doesn't, doesn't really work if you're not kind of willing to just like commit 100% to it from day one. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be the hardest thing. I just want to like dabble in it and try it out. But the trouble is, is I can, I can enter data all I want, but it's probably going to be a while before I actually like need to recall something quickly like that. And I just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I can't just commit to it right away that fast. Um, it's really cool though. And I really like the way I really like the concept. I think it's kind of ugly, which unfortunately I'm sometimes caught up with, but I hear tell that it's going to be, there's going to be a commercial version of it pretty soon. I've heard that as well. Uh, it is not the most attractive application out there. And to be quite honest, I don't know that I would really use it over by word or even some of the stuff that I was doing in sublime text were it not for the fact that it syncs with the simple note backend. Mm-hmm. And ever since I introduced my wife to simple note, she writes everything in simple note. So we have some shared lists in there for stuff like groceries or movies we want to watch or stuff like that. Or if she, if she needs to make a packing list for one of our, uh, for one of our events, she typically just types it out in there and then shares the list with me so we can go through and take things off the list as we're, uh, as we're going. It does not simple note itself doesn't do markdown, but NVL does pretty well with markdown. So, so NVL is really just, um, it's a kind of a riff on notational velocity, which is, uh, kind of where the NV of NVL comes from. And essentially, it's, so it's a fork of notational velocity, right? Right, that's um, what I understand. And it's, it's basically a kind of rapid entry and rapid recall of uh, stuff you want to remember, notes or lists or things. So let's say we're talking and I'm telling you about this great new product called Ulysses, and you're like, oh, I want to think of that for later. You can just do a little key command and you can pull up a little window and you can put in uh, Ulysses, great markdown app to check out hashtag apps or something, hashtag markdown. And then um, basically when you're thinking about it later, you can be like, oh, what was that that app that I was thinking about? Um, you can go back, pull up that little thing and you can search for um, hashtag markdown and just see the notes for that. Um, I remember there's an episode of Back to Work that I'll, I'll try to find where Merlin is really talking about how he how he used it. And he says that it's best for short little one-off notes. So rather than like, some document where you have all of your markdown apps um listed um or like a, a big list of markdown apps you want to try uh one note per app is kind of the best way to use that is that has have you found that to be your kind of your philosophy yeah in general um i use it for things that i need to have rapid recall on and i don't need to necessarily use the uh, everything that Ulysses had to offer. I don't necessarily need to use everything that Byword has to offer because there is something wonderful about just being able to hit in my case caps lock n, but it's I think it's command option n on uh on as the standard shortcut just to pull it up, boom there it is, type something, hit enter. Um and it's done, it's saved. It's it's there. It's fast, it's quick, it's easy. If I need to go back and look for things, the search is lightning quick as well. Um, I don't have to worry about file structures and everything else. I don't do a lot of long-form writing in there. If anything is going to be more than about 200 words, I'll move on to another you know, 
markdown writing program or a document processor or whatever what do they call it document document is that what they're calling document processors word processors there we word go processors. word processors i'll move on to something that's a little more complex but i like it just because it's it's plain and simple and it lets me write things in monospaced fonts and it's it's wonderful can you do that on your smartphone using drafts or anything like that i can actually i have um Ac- actions is that what they're called actions in drafts Ac- action extension action extension no 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 the, just, no no just, I, actions I actions i have them set up so that um if i type something in and then swipe the first one at the top is simple note so i can send it straight over to simple note which means it will sync with nvalt um but i also have nvalt set up to pull from that shared text file folder that i was talking about so mm-hmm. because of the way that drafts works with dropbox I have three different actions where it will prepend whatever the text is in drafts to one of the three to-do lists I have. I have a home to-do list, a work to-do list, and then the small business to-do list. So it'll send over like that, and it'll pop up on NVALT on my computer, and it happens in you know the snap of my fingers. So nice. yeah, it's it's very easy if I'm out and about to do something with drafts, and then I know because I trust the Simple Note backend, and even if I didn't, I trust Dropbox. And the odds of them both failing at once, outside of some horrible Amazon catastrophe like happened last week when Beats Music decided to launch. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I'm pretty sure that at least one, if not both, of the systems will work. So if I have Short form text that I need to be able to get back to NVALT and Simple Note are a good way for me to keep those. Um, do you use? Uh, and I realized that one of them is called this. Do you use a text expander program on your on your computer? Do you use Text Expander? I do. I use Text Expander. I um. Oh, I think I bought this when it was some. It was on sale, wasn't it? It was on sale, but not through Text Expander. Through something else, and I can't remember what it was through, but it was. Something I don't usually do, but I oh, was I it one of those app uh, bundles? Yeah, it was an app bundle. Um, it may have been by itself, or maybe I just didn't even think about the other ones. But I, I think I paid like fifteen dollars for it. <gasps> um, which, yeah, I can't even believe it now. But um, I actually, we'll get into maybe what it does a little bit here in a second. But I, I actually never ever use it on my uh, phone. I just really, really hate with a burning passion the text, the text expander keyboard. Oh, it's not good. on my phone. It's not good. Yeah. Um so I I wish I could. I wish they could integrate it into the actual keyboard. Um but so far no good. Um It's the touch targets that mess it up for me. The touch targets seem to just be a little bit off. Do you want to hear embarrassingly the uh snippet that I use the most? Absolutely. <laughs> so you know when you're you know how you can use like little I it's not even an emoticon at this point, but you know you you can make a little guy who's shrugging using like dashes and Yeah. The dashes. I I um semicolon shrug is probably the no is the snippet that I use the most often. I have it set up, and I'll send you a screenshot of this later on. I have it set up so that um there is a button on the extended keyboard in drafts that you just push the button and it pops up. <laughs> so yeah. I, I keep that in there. Um, I have the one for the f- uh, flip table guy too. Oh, the flip table guy is really yeah. Good. I, have, I have the flip table and the shrug there. Flip. So we should uh we should share our our um. Text expander options with each other. Yes, we should do that. I have um because even mm-hmm. though I'm not using text expander, I mm-hmm. am using a program that will use text expander stuff. I actually found it via Lifehacker, which is a mm-hmm. website that you and I have mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, I'm actually using a program called Atext, which oh, yeah. the reason I use Atext and not text expander is because text expander is like fifty dollars and it's way too expensive. And, and Atext was five. 
And I still had some App Store credit left over from uh, my sister, God love her, got me some Google Play credit for Christmas for the second year in a row um, because she knew that I had the Android tablet, which I do, but I end up spending more time on my phone and more money in the App Store. So I go on the gift card exchange subreddit, which is the only time of year that I use the gift card exchange subreddit. Uh, and I switched out $20 Google Play credit for $30 in App Store credit for the second nice. year in a row. Um, wow. Yeah two, yeah, two years in a row. You just you got to go to the captive market. Um, but I still had $5 left for this app, so I ended up with Atext. And I like it a great deal, but if I find Text Expander on sale, I will end up purchasing it because Text Expander is now doing fun things with JavaScript that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And there's a great deal more of acceptance and usage again like we were talking about with one password text expander tends to be the gold standard when it comes to these things particularly on ios and os 10 so the bloggers and the nerds that i follow on the internets tend to use text expander a little more often often so um i will probably end up switching over to text expander just because i want to be able to use other people's hacks and tips and things like that uh, but i do like atex it's good for five bucks yeah i initially got it because it was sort of an you could there was a snippet where you could fill in x amount of words of lorem ipsum text because i was doing a lot of like mock-ups that i just had lorem ipsum text in it um, basically place placeholder text and uh, there's a little snippet where you can just you know uh, put in the code put in the in my case, uh, semicolon lipsum, and then it will have a little pop-up asking you how many words you want, and you pick, and then it just fills it in, which is great. That's pretty awesome, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, I also use, um, for some reason, and I don't know why it's in here, um, I have semicolon apple, and it types the little uh, apple logo emoji. Oh, yeah. No, I have um, I have an entire folder in, I'm just going to call it text expander, I have an entire text expander folder that will pull up things like the Apple symbol or copyright or um, the trademark symbol or something else just by typing in uh, certain shortcuts. I actually have one set up for emoji as well. It's in the emoji style that Slack uses. So if you type mm. like colon eight ball colon it'll switch Mm -hmm. out and pop up the eight ball emoji nice um it's much easier to do for times when i'm like you and i have our shared show doc in quip and quip doesn't exactly have um a little thing where i can click and pull up the emoji keyboard uh so if i wanted to put emoji in quip as i have done at the beginning of the uh document here then that's the easiest way for me to do that but on uh, the rest of the time if i'm either on my phone or if i'm doing stuff where i use emoji like I don't know, messages or Slack or something like that, there's another little button I can push. So that's really just there because it takes up next to no space in my Dropbox folder. And if I need to use it, I have it. See, look, there's my digital hoarding. I hoard text expander snippets. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a, a dark secret. That, that's what I hold on to. Um, do you use anything like um, Transmit or Drop Zone or Dropler or anything for like file sharing or link sharing or stuff like that um embarrassingly i still have orbit which connects to the file storage of my app.net account oh right we talked about that but i actually have let my app.net account um expire so i don't have the 10 gigabytes of storage that i used to um i i don't have anything right now i I had transmit that i used just for like ftp transfer 
Um, but I don't, I don't have it set up in any special way that allows me just to drop like an image in there to automatically grab a link to share. Do you, uh, and, and so at this point, I, I think at this point I generally just share, um, I just put it in Dropbox and share that share link, but you know, it wraps it in, in its own little like db.tt. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That. So it's, it's hard to grab one if you just want to just share just a straight up file. Yeah. Um, what do you use? Um, well, I started out using Dropler because they just, and actually I think that's still uh, what I'm using on my phone because they just added back their free plan where you have up to 10 files uploaded to their server at a time and they um, expire or self-implode or self-destruct or whatever after a week, um, which was enough for me because typically all I'm doing is, I don't know, like sharing screenshots with you or sending a PDF to my wife or, or something like that. I am now using a program that is available on the App Store right now on sale for $5 called Drop Zone. And uh, I listened to recently uh, an episode of Mac Power Users that is very reminiscent of the episode that you and I are doing of Dot Grid right now where they did their top 10 Mac apps and top 10 Mac utilities. Uh, and David Sparks did um, a little, talked a little bit about Drop Zone and some of the things that he likes about it, and we actually have some similarities. Uh, I can take a file and drag it up to drop the Drop Zone in the menu bar, and it'll open up a window. Uh, and right now in my window, I have um, Drop Bar, which means it'll just save it right up there. So if I need to get quick access back to it again, it's there. There's preview, so if I need to preview something, it's there. But what I really like are the actions that are at the bottom. I can drag and drop, and right now I have it set up to work with AirDrop, Twitter, Facebook, email, um, Dropbox, Bitly. So I can drag a link up there to Bitly. It'll use my Bitly um, API login, whatever, and generate another shortened bit link for me, uh, or the one that I've been using often, and I don't know how it works, and I'm hoping that it's not magic. messing me up in the process. It probably works through magic. I have um, an icon up there with uh, it's called uh, in just installation. If I download like a DMG file or a zip file from the internet that has an app saved in it. Like if I've done something, you know, for Dropbox or crash plan or something that's not in the app store, I can drag it from the downloads folder on my dock, pull it up to drop zone. When drop zone opens up the folder, I can drop it on that little installation icon. It will open up the disc image, save the file, move the app to the applications folder, and then delete the disc image hmm, Nice in one fell swoop. Uh, also, that's how I've been doing my Dropbox sharing, too. If I have a file, instead of going in and saving it to the public Dropbox folder and then, you know, right-clicking, and it's still called right-clicking on a Mac, right? I still think so. Right-click, okay. And right-clicking and getting the public link, all I need to do is just drag it up to Drop to drop Zone, put it on the Dropbox icon, and it'll automatically generate um, a shortened Dropbox links for me. I had it set up to do Amazon S3 for a while because I do have a year of I don't know, an obscene amount of Amazon S3 storage, but that was a little more complicated than it needed to be. So it's on sale right now for $5? For 5 bucks, It's typically 10 It's on sale for 5 I'm still running the free trial, but it will be something that I spend $5 on for sure because it's, just, it's easier. I can do it the long and complicated way, but if this saves me you know, 5 to 10 seconds of time and doesn't involve me having to open a finder window and drag and drop and drag and drop, because I have found dragging and dropping things um, with a fair amount of accuracy not very easy on OS X. Hmm. Trying to drop into the correct folder, maybe it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm a guy who's moving quickly enough and not paying attention to things, I know, surprised, that um, I want to make sure that 
I've got something set up as a, I'm a workflow guy. Workflow. I'm very much um, yep, automated, everything all the way around. I have already written Apple script of my own. I'm such a, such a dork. Um, <laughs> I've actually moved from back and forth, and this is another sort of essential apps conversation that I kind of want to get into. I've moved back and forth between Safari and Chrome probably about four times since I got the MacBook because oh, I've, well, I've always been a sort I've always been <laughs> since Chrome came out very much a Chrome user. Um, but I started, I kind of gave myself a chance to use Safari once I got the new MacBook, and I was like, oh, I kind of miss this extension from Chrome, or this is where this book set of bookmarks is saved and everything else. And then there was that hullabaloo or uh, jiggery pokery, as the Supreme Court would call it, uh, as Justice Scalia would call it. There was that jiggery pokery with, um, is Chrome listening to you even when you don't know that it's listening to you that happened a week or so ago? And that kind of, that actually was the reason I did the system reset. I'm not even going to lie. That was the reason I <laughs> formatted the hard drive and I haven't even thought about installing Chrome back on here yet. I just, I'm using Safari because it syncs in between the tabs on my phone and the tabs on the computer. I don't, you know, that iCloud tab sync has been working pretty well for me. Um, I really like, um, I have some bookmarklets set up in my bookmark tab bar thing. That's a fancy term. Yes. You, you know what I'm talking Technical about? Technical term. Yep. It's a, and I agree with Casey List on this one. Super frustrating that it's center aligned. Hmm. It's also super frustrating that I can't use favicons up. Favic is, is it a favicon? Yeah. Web designer is that what it's called? It's a uh, yep favicon. Favicon can't use a favicon up there, but I do have it set up so if you can do, you know, you can do like command one, command two, command three. Yeah. And it'll open those up. So I have the bookmarklet set up there. So like it's classic Apple. I mean, they're not gonna like. They're, they're, they don't want something that can can have the possibility of looking as ugly as a favicon or a right aligned screen. You know, they they just want it to look pretty. Yeah, and <laughs> and and it, and it does. I'm not. I'm still not thrilled with that blue gray shade that they're using for everything. Yeah, that's not my favorite color. I switched. I switched back to Safari after Chrome from. Um, oh, when 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 was it that the OS 10 was it Yosemite or was it Mavericks? Where I think it was Yosemite where they. Um, the Safari now looks a lot more like uh, iOS Safari. And I switched back over to it just because it looked really clean and simple and it ran really fast. And I was kind of bloating up my um, my Chrome install with just a whole bunch of different extensions. Yeah. And so I just went with just a kind of a choice few of them now. The custom extensions uh, within the little share menu too are just really nice. Um, yeah, share menu was another thing that really brought me back because there are a lot of times... And and makes it sound like the only person I talk to on the internet is you, but typically it is. Um, when I want to like send over a web page to you or something like that, the share menu is so much easier than whatever. Yeah. Sort of stuff I'd have to go through in Chrome. What besides the share menu? What other sort of um tiny extension buttons do you have? Um, I have my one password button. Um, of course. I have a HuffDuffer button, which is kind of oh, like it's like Instapaper but for podcasts or audio files. Some of you are probably huff-duffering us right now, not even knowing it. <laughs> you know, that's, you probably a, that's illegal know it. in 27 states. It is, but it's actually legal in right. the rest of the... <laughs> Go ahead. So, so uh, I have a little add-to-pin board button, um, and I have a little add-to-pocket button. Uh, see, both of those are bookmarklets for me. Yeah, and I could keep the pocket button in my little like custom share thing, but I just like to have it just in that, that top part. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any others that are... Nope, I don't think I have any that are hidden from the menu bar, but are still in my right-click surface menu. Um, but I don't think so. Yeah, I, I had a, 
I had some other ones in my uh, my Chrome install. I had like something that would let me pick out the hex value for whatever color I had my cursor over. Um, I had like an Evernote web clipper, which I don't really use anymore. Um, yeah, but I I I kind of took that took that out. Yeah, I still use the Evernote web clipper just about all the time because I still pay most of my bills online. Mm-hmm. And that's the one of the main things that I clip uh, is I just take screenshots of the confirmation numbers and things like that just because it's much, much faster than trying to save the page to PDF and then upload the PDF to Evernote and let Evernote do the OCR and everything else. Uh, I have that. I've got the share menu. I've got one password. I also have... Um, there is an extension that will allow you to save a web page directly to NVAlt. And instead of just pulling the text, it pulls the images and links to the images so that you can pull it. And then if you render it again in either the NVAlt preview window or through Mark II or something else, if you preview the markdown, it pulls in the images and the links and everything else. Mm-hmm. So typically what I used to do is, and I would do this in Evernote, I would just pull the page simplified article and it would have the text and a couple other things. I actually now it's, and I like the icon too, cause it's the little rocket ship. Um, that is also, that also goes along with NVAlt. So it's very easy for me to just click and then it's saved over in NVAlt. I can pull whatever the text is I need out of it. If that happens to be what I'm pulling the page for, because there's been a lot of times I will, um, copy, text straight from a web page and then try to paste it somewhere and the formatting gets all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just let Marky the Markdownifier take care of it for me. Hi, I'm Marky the Markdownifier. You you laugh. That's a real thing. Are you aware of this? <laughs> I am not. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link Wanna to Marky the Markdownifier. It's, yeah. It's another it's You're another the worst one of those... character ever, Marky. <laughs> None of us want to just get high and write in weird markup languages all the time. God. <laughs> um that's another one of those Brett Terpster projects that it just markdownifies a web page. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes if um you are using like a PC or Linux and all of this episode you're still listening and none of the rest of it applies to you. Um then Marky the Markdownifier is a web based application and you can use that. Um and then the last thing I kind of think we should talk about, we should probably work on wrapping this up or at least getting further off the rails, uh, are launchers, which, oh, we talked about rockets, now we're talking about launchers. It's getting yeah. considerably more 4th of July-ish in here. You and I have had short conversations about this, and I have been back and forth kind of getting a feel for some of the launchers on iOS. Um, when I say launcher, what what does the word launcher mean to you, Andy Welfley? Um. Okay, so... If you hit command space, or um, in my case, option space, um, it brings up um, the spotlight search, which is, um, you know, you can, you can bring up this little, this little text tool and you can start typing like uh, CH for Chrome and it will just automatically fill that in. Or you can start typing D-I-C-T for dictionary and it will kind of fill that in. Um, or you, let's say I'm trying to find a conversation that we had in messages. I'll start typing in uh, Will, and it will bring up the top hit would be like your um, your address book. Uh, what's it called? Like card. Um, and then it gives me some good contextual information like your phone number or some actions for FaceTiming or calling you or texting you or something like that. Um, it also brings up some uh, bookmarks in history. So it brings up some iMessage threads. Um, it also gives me Williams Sonoma for some reason. Um, it gives me a map to the nearest Williams Sonoma. 
it will give me the dictionary definition of will. So it's basically just some contextual stuff that kind of learns over time. So they're supposed to be improving that with uh, with El Capitan as well. Yeah, and it's already been way improved since um, you know since just even two um, versions ago. Um, right. But there's been some, you know, I was a, there, there's some kind of third-party ones. There's one called Alfred that's a, that's really good. Um, you can kind of put your own scripts in there. So uh, let's say you wanted to search, oh, just within, uh, I don't know, like your blog. So like Woodclinched. Let's say I, I wanted to be able to search within Woodclinched. I can set up a little script. So if I type WC space um, Palomino, I can search for all of the articles that contain Palomino within you know, woodclinch.com. And there's other like really complicated scripts you can do too. Um, I can't even think of a super great one right now. Do you, you use Alfred, right? I'm using it now. I haven't purchased the power pack yet. Uh, regular yeah. Alfred is free. It's $0 and zero cents. The power pack, I think once you convert dollars to euros is about $27. I think it's 17 euros. Um, yeah. I haven't used the power pack yet. Uh, we have some friends that have been on me about doing that. But to be honest with you, I don't use the launcher nearly as often as, I mean, there are some people that are using it like, well, they're within apps to do certain things with text and open yeah. this file and move that file. And really, I end up just using it so I don't have to move my mouse cursor over to the dock. You know, after after I upgraded to, um, I think it was probably Yosemite, I switched from Alfred just back to the Spotlight, the, the default Spotlight search, just because it got so much better. And it's it's way faster than Alfred, in my opinion. Um, but there's there's only one thing that I miss, which I, like, probably once, twice a week, I, I try to do it and I realize I can't anymore, is I used to have it set up so um, I could just hit, you know, the option space to pull it up and type in define space and then a word and it would just like pull up the dictionary definition and display the definition for it right in line um i i actually just installed per jacob ilbray's recommendation something called flashlight um which is it kind of gives some more alfred capabilities to um to spotlight and so for example you can type in weather um San Francisco, comma, U.S., or how's the weather in San Francisco, comma, U.S., and it basically will show that, or it will copy emojis to the keyboard. Um, one thing it strangely does not have is sort of that define, that dictionary definition lookup, um, and I don't know enough about how to use this to actually make one, um, but I'm hoping that eventually it will show up, and maybe I'll try to figure out how to do it. You can request a plugin, which is cool, um, but it's free. Um, it does a lot of cool stuff you can type make it so it says like facetime will and it will facetime will i have not found the text andy or in my case text waffles um to work that well it, it looks like it's going to do it but it never actually shows up in messages so i don't know yeah. if it's i don't know if it's uh maybe broken with something something update um but i have been back and forth between spotlight slash flashlight uh, and alfred since i've been on the computer there's also launch bar which is highly regarded mm. amongst uh some of the nerdy nerdy people is quicksilver still around oh actually i don't know i, I have not that. heard of well maybe if it is i have not heard of um at least the any of the nerd elite using it recently alfred and launch bar are pretty much the ones that are kind of sitting at the top merlin man used it a lot um yeah it looks like it's still around but Maybe it hasn't been updated for a little while. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
um yeah there's there's a bunch of good ones like that um i'm probably actually gonna as soon as we um finish the call i'm actually probably gonna try to switch my stuff back over to spotlight and flashlight again because it's not a good episode of dot grid if i don't change my mind about at least four things right well um and that's we taught each other things and that's that's probably the thing that i'm going to change uh for this is to go back to spotlight because now that i listen to you say it or now that i hear you hear you is what a word (laughs) would go is a word that would go now that i hear you say it, it spotlight is considerably faster and I do like the, uh, it is much more streamlined. It's much more in with the design aesthetic that is being championed by Yosemite and Mavericks and LCAP. And uh, I like being able to search back within text messages because I end up doing that rather often. And uh, if Alfred can do it, I haven't asked it to do it yet. So mm-hmm. since I know Spotlight will, then I will, uh, I can probably do that. I mean, it doesn't on my phone. I don't understand yeah. why I wouldn't do it on the computer. Look at you. You've been using uh, OS X for a month, and all of a sudden you're saying LCAP. LCAP. Well, uh, I keep, (laughs) and I've always kept up with these things. Yeah. I've always kept up with new releases. Um, Speaking of, did you see that uh, Relay FM, our other, our second favorite podcast network, now has a Google podcast? I do, Material. Yeah, Material. That's Andy Anako and a couple of other people that are knocking around. I was, um, when we were in Mountain View, we went to this coffee shop called Red Rock, which is like a pretty good one there and pretty big. And we were, uh, I was just writing a blog post for Wood Clinched and we were sitting kind of in the, the upstairs work room, I guess. And I feel, because it was on July 3rd, um, it was the national observance of, of Independence Day and Google and Facebook and everybody else was not, um, did not have work. I'm pretty sure every single Google employee was up there. I looked Working around on and what? I, I just, Probably their either their own stuff or continuing to work on Google stuff. It was, uh, yeah. I heard two people talking about material design in one corner. I, I saw a lot of Androids. Saw a lot of Macs. Um, yeah, it was. You, it was not, not no one coding on a Chromebook. What? <laughs> Shocker! I know. What amazing. Yeah. Um, I I'm not completely skewing the system altogether. I still have the Nexus. I have officially opened up the magnetic cover on it once since I got my new phone. And that was because of the way that the Kindle app is set up on the iPhone. You can't purchase books there. Mm. Uh, And last night when you and I were discussing books, I wanted to go in and figure out how much a couple of them were. And I can't even look at price. I can add them to my wish list, Mm. but I can't purchase books through the Kindle app on the iPhone. Something, something percentages and greed and, yeah, whatever big companies i yeah. i won't talk bad about big companies andy wuffley because one of them pays one or more of our uh paychecks well i know that you know you work at uh, comcast so yeah i i do comcast side, secretly i do um weird installation i have a weird thing for uh coax and cat five i actually sleep in a nest of it um <laughs> on that note i i like i want to i if you are willing to draw and or render that somehow via vectors of me sleeping in a nest made out of coax and cat five i will happily pay you at least five dollars for that picture that will be my new background on all of my devices because i can <laughs> like a little weird bird will uh sleeping in a nest of cat five and coax yeah on that note i think it's probably uh, a good time to signal our eminent departure andy wealthily if people wanted to get in touch with you on the internet what's the best way for them to do that um lean your head out the window and just call my name and i'll just yell really loud because you're right there yeah. in the center of the internet yeah in san yep. francisco so it's right, it's right around here san mateo um, frisco angeles yet 
Get for some for some reason, fifteen miles from my house by the beach, there's no cell reception. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, no, there, were uh, there like Cat Five plugs in the sand? There Just should like have been. Dig and plug no. into an Ethernet port. <laughs> so no, I am uh, I am on Twitter as a Wellfley, a W E L F as in Frank L E, um, and uh, you can find me at Wellfley.com. He's on Wellfley.com. He's at WoodClinch.com. He also records another wonderful podcast. Uh, entitled Erasable with a couple other wonderful gentlemen, uh, one of which I hope is relaxing at least as much, if not more, than I am. Tim, take some deep breaths. Take a step back from whatever lesson plans you're thinking about doing and just take another couple of days off. Uh, <laughs> if you need to get in touch with me on the internet, I am at Will Fengi on Twitter, W-I-L-L-F, also like in Frank, A-N-G-U-Y. Uh, we do have a blog at nerduprising.co. I don't write on it very often. I'm thinking and considering trying to do a little more with that or maybe doing a Tumblr or something. I don't know. I've been bitten by the creative bug, Andy. I kind of want to... I want to produce more things. Just just put some ointment on it and uh, start a blog. Duly noted. Show notes for the show are at nerduprising.co slash dot grid slash 12. And if you have any questions, comments, or otherwise want to get in touch with both Andy and myself at the same time, you don't want to send a really long tweet with all of our handles in it, you can tweet at the dot grid podcast, which is at dot grid podcast. If you have any questions for us, you can always use hashtag ask dot grid that pops up into a spreadsheet, which is a really fancy way of saying that it gives us another place to keep it. So in case Andy's computer explodes and he doesn't have a backup, we have a way to get to it via the Google docs. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard today and you want to be able to support Andy or myself, Andy and myself, probably more like me, I'm the one who's fun employed. Uh, you can donate a couple dollars to us, $5, $10, a dollar at cash.me slash dollar sign nerd uprising. We would appreciate it. If you did that it goes towards, uh, I don't know, bandwidth. Bandwidth yeah. for this month not provided by Cash. Yeah, that's Lie. what it is. Bandwidth for this month provided by the bank accounts of Will and Andy. <laughs> so um, we would appreciate it if you did that. If you've got anything you want to get in touch with us, please feel free. If you've got anything you want to say you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to tweet at us. We're both very active and both would much rather talk to you than do our actual jobs. Um, Andy Wellfley, this, is, uh, this has been a good episode. It ran kind of longer, but I think it's it's been about time. It's good, yeah. We haven't done any kind of purely digital ones for a while, so maybe next week we should counterbalance with something purely analog. Yeah, when we come back together, we'll try to do something that's a little more, uh, we'll talk a little about more our, tangible. Our telegraphing techniques or something. Yeah, um, telegraph get, workflow. Telegraph workflow. Get on that Morse code, everybody, and we'll uh, get back to you here in a couple of weeks. Andy Wellfley, uh, have a good one. You too.